Good morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It is Wednesday, the 12th of September, 2018. The Business Leadership Podcast Live is a live radio call-in type show where I speak to business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to discuss innovations, current events, or best practices that will help you personally and professionally professionally grow. This call is brought to you by Dialogue. So if you like discussions and debate, you could host your own call-in talk show over social media. Thank you for joining me today. I am Edwin Frandozo and really excited um, for my co-host today. His name is Nathan Hirsch. He's the CEO of FreeUp. Um, he has sold, which is amazing, over $30 million online. He's hired hundreds of freelancers to build companies. He's been featured over hundreds of businesses you know, hundred of businesses podcasts just to talk about this. So I'm really excited to have him in. And our topic today is basically we're going to discuss if it's better to hire in-house or outsource. And if you are joining us live, feel free to ask us questions into the browser directly in there. Or if you have a, a story you want to share or you want to join our conversation, be sure to to just click the button on, on the browser and would love to have you join us. Nate. How are you doing today? Edwin, I'm doing great. Thanks for the warm introduction. Excited to be here. No, this is this is going to be great. I'm really excited for this because I'm always looking to level up in terms of my outsourcing needs. Uh, and, and as I grow as well, even here locally and hiring people locally. So it's always that balance. So let's, I mean, I want to I wanna leave it all to you. But so I, let's just start off there. What are your thoughts when you're thinking about hiring in-house or outsourcing or hiring remotely? <laughs> well, I am super biased because I only hire remotely now. I actually opened up an office um, years ago when I moved from Connecticut to Florida and I took all these remote people and I moved them into the office and I thought, hey, they'll be more productive. We'll build a better culture. This will be um, how we move forward. But what I realized was not only did I add overhead to a business that didn't really need it, but putting people together actually led to more drama and less productivity. Not to mention I created a nine to five job for myself that I didn't really like. And, and I got rid of a lot of the flexity, flexibility and freedom. So I, I got rid of the office. I went back to doing remote and with free up, I mean, we have no office, we have no employees, all the day-to-day -day operations are outsourced to the Philippines, all the higher level stuff, the Facebook ads, the running our social medias, the blogs are all US freelancers on our platform. The same freelancers are our clients use. So I'm a big proponent of going remote. And in my opinion, you should be looking to do more and more and do as much as possible remote. And if you can't go remote, you can always go back to bring it in house. Would you agree? Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, even for myself, just for this business, for the podcast, I have six VAs as well, six people working on on putting this putting this together um i guess i guess for those who are listening how did how did you get i mean i mean it's it's a ton of topics but like how did you get started with the with the outsourcing and and like what's your first experience like for those listening this may be they've never done this before right so yeah so i i started a amazon business out of my college dorm room and and i had a lot of success and we can talk about that later maybe um but as i was having this success I met with an accountant for the first time. And the first thing he asked me was, when are you gonna hire your first person? And I kind of shrugged it off. Like, why, why would I do that? Um, I don't wanna train them, it's money out of my pocket, they're not gonna do it as well as I can, blah, 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 in the normal entrepreneur excuses. And he just laughed in my face and pretty much said, 
you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Well, sure enough, my first busy season came around and I get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. Um, my grades go down. My social life is gone. And somehow I make it out to the other side to January. And I think to myself, I can never let this happen again. I need to start hiring people. So I post a job on Facebook and one person applies. His name's Connor. And I interview him real quick and I hire him. And he ends up being amazing. He's a hard worker. Um, he cares about the business. He's passionate. He's actually my business partner now, eight years later. Great. So, That's the well, best first hire, it sounds like. Best first hire ever. And I get super lucky. <laughs> so I think to myself, hiring is easy. You just post a job on Facebook and a good person shows up. Well, I proceed to make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire. And I noticed that college kids, not very reliable. No 30-year-old expert wants to work for me as a 20-year-old entrepreneur. And that's really how I got thrown into the remote hiring space, basically by necessity. So what, how did you do that first hire, I guess, and where did you look? Yeah, so Upwork was called Odesk at the time. So I used there and I posted a job and I did a bunch of interviews. And I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I was a young entrepreneur. I'd never really interviewed someone before. I, I didn't know what to look for. They would give me their canned answers and I would say, hey, you sound good. Let's give it a try. And, and what I did was I learned when I made a bad hire, I went back and I made my interview process a little bit better. And when I made a good hire, I went back and I said, hey, what did this person say during the interview and how can I find more people like that? No, for sure. So when you're hiring, I mean, you've hired hundreds and hundreds and, and I'll get into how I do mine as well, but are they specific roles? Are you looking people to help you um, create process or are they just feeling, you know, just doing the job now? Yeah. So I'm sure you, you've had this in your team. You said you have a bunch of people. There, there's really two ways to go about hiring. You either figure out the stuff you do on your day-to-day -day, the list, the day-to-day -day operations, the stuff that that's repetitive that you have systems and processes for, and you figure out how do you get these hours in your day back and you plug someone in there to follow your systems, your processes, the followers, the other side of it. And one of the best activities um, Connor and I do even to this day is we say, Hey, what are we not good at? Let's identify our weaknesses and how do we hire either mid-level specialists or experts to come in and turn those weaknesses into strengths. These are skills that we can't teach someone how to run Facebook ads. I mean, that's just not my area of expertise. And I'm sure you've had that same experience where you're not just hiring the, the followers, but you're hiring the specialists and the experts as well to have a more complete team. Oh, no, 100%. For me, as I launched the podcast, I mean, I'm, I come from a, a systems engineering background. So just my mind thinks systems right off the back. And it's funny, probably by my third or fifth episode, Nate, I already had all the steps listed at the time. This is almost two years ago. And this was like, you know, 52 steps. of how Edwin produces an episode, right? Um, I mean, keep in mind, some of, some of the steps might have been like, cut and paste this thing and put it there. But at least I was already thinking about outsourcing, right? Um, but I did like from the start, I never did the sound engineering. I had someone do that because there was no way I was going to learn how to do that. And me being a perfectionist and listening to my own voice, I probably would have spent a little too much time listening to my voice and hating it. So uh, I, that was the first hire in terms of in terms of that. But yeah, it's uh, I definitely everyone's an expert around me. Uh, I like to believe that I know enough so I could hire. And then of of course you you set the bar with a for me you set a bar with your when the hires you get they're obviously better than you. And then you could look how to improve as well, right from there. 
Yeah, I mean, you learn so much about hiring just by interacting with other people, by asking them feedback, by going through some good hires and some bad hires. I mean, no one has a 100% hiring record, right? And there's always the, the things you can't control. You can do everything right. Someone could be perfect and something could happen in that person's personal life that affects their role. So you have to focus on what you can control. You have to focus on improving your systems, your processes, your interviews, your communication, how you set expectations, how you handle things when people start going in the wrong direction. Focus on what you can control, and that's how you have better and better hiring experiences long-term. I got I got a personal question, Nate. How do you manage all of your team, I guess, in terms of what tools are you using, and are you communicating with them one-on-one? Do you have weekly meetings? Like, like, how do you structure this in terms of, I mean, I'm sure you have different teams for different things, but just, just you know, looking high level. Yeah. So one of the coolest things I like to practice what I preach a lot and mm-hmm. I, pre- I practice, I preach um, using VAs. I preach using freelancers, but I also preach just the, the simplicity of it. You don't need some huge complex system to manage people. And I have over 30 people on my team and we use Skype. We use Trello. We have different group chats for different things and we have meetings and, and everyone knows, Hey, for this meeting, you go to this group chat. And for one-on-one, I have team leaders that I try to talk to instead of trying to send a message to 15 different people, I can talk to, hey, the four team leaders who will spread the message to everyone else. So I've come up with a a good communication system from the top down and really just using a a free tool like Skype. And I have plenty of clients that use Slack and Asana and and get more complex. But for me, the simplicity works. What about you? No, I'm I'm almost 100% on Trello and Skype right now. Uh, Trello, I do have my latest hire was like a PM or, or a project manager who managed everyone. So it got me off dealing with, uh, I guess it's similar to your team leads as you talk about, right? So I, I onboarded them and because I had a lot of processes and I had, I thought I was a pretty ninja on, on Trello by the way, Nate, and I'm sure, I'm sure you could probably relate, but then when you hire someone better, they just take it to the next level. Cause I was like, this is pretty cool. I would share with some colleagues or some other entrepreneur friends. Oh, this is how you use Trello. And then, and then you hire someone who really knows how to use Trello and you're like, wow, that's pretty damn cool. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so I, I do that, but I have been thinking personally to to bring in Slack, to have that group chat, but maybe from what you're saying, Nate, maybe I could just still utilize Skype. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I, I just hired a, a new assistant a few weeks ago. And now that she is more onboarded into what we're doing, she looked at my Trello and said, you don't really know how to use Trello. Can I show you how? <laughs> so now now she's going in and making it a lot better and more efficient. But um, yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the coolest things that you do as you get to work with more and more people is you get to surround yourself with with people that have strengths that are not your strengths and people that know how to do things that you don't know how to do. And when you create a culture of feedback and ideas and collaboration and we're all working together for a common goal instead of I'm your boss and I tell you what to do and, and you're essentially a robot to me, that's when you have success in business. That's when you reduce turnover and that's how you find the little things to take your business to the next level. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I always think to myself, <laughs> I, I think you're probably really the same way and, and I'm trying to learn more from other people who who, who have more. I mean, building your team to to 30 i can't i could just imagine how much more work is getting done um how much time you freed up but it's not only that i'm sure you're not freeing up the time but you're doing more 
productive work that's you know letting it rain for you now right in terms of in terms of bringing more business or, or where you need to be right a hundred percent i mean you you want to focus on the high level tasks as an entrepreneur the sales the expansion the marketing and if you're spending most of your time not growing your business inside your business there are changes that you need to make um, in order to scale your team and get it to the point where you can do it so what helped you i guess as an entrepreneur as a business leader like really just take that real jump and you know you had the first hire and then you did a couple of hires but like now you're at 30 like that's a big mind shift i think yeah, I mean, I didn't just wake up one day and hire 30 people. It's a gradual process. How do you get a few hours in your day back? Okay, a full-time role opens up. Hey, we need more graphic designers. You're you're constantly looking to improve and add. And I mean, one of the best things we do is every month we, we look at the budget. We look at the numbers. The last thing we want to do is invest time and money into someone only to realize, hey, we, we probably shouldn't have hired that person. We can't afford it. So we figure out, hey, what percentage of the money coming in are we reinvesting into the company? One of the best ways to reinvest, especially for a remote business that doesn't really have overhead, uh, is in people. And then how do we make this sustainable where we can continue to add and not be adding, subtracting, adding, subtracting, and just going in circles? How do you do it? I mean... It's for me, I'm look I sometimes I just look at things that I'm doing every day, right? And really questioning, okay, why am I doing this? Um and, and it's funny, I wanted to ask you, it was a conversation I was in yesterday. I had posted uh actually this was in real life, it wasn't posted anywhere, but <laughs> I had posted the question, um, would you give up would you give up your email? Like, would you actually outsource that or give it to a VA or an executive assistant? Is this some like to me, I'm like, man, that's sort of like the the fantasy, I think, to get rid of email personally. I mean, obviously, email still happening. And someone, you know, my assistant would come to me, okay, here are the things we need to talk about. And then I never have to write an email again. Is this something that maybe you've thought about? Or maybe you're doing already, Nate? Yeah, I do that already. I have assistants that monitor my email um, throughout the day. I mean, I, I can check in as well. And especially overnight, I have someone who really goes through it and does a deep clean in it. And when I wake up, they'll, they'll usually have a few messages for me that I say, hey, check out these three emails. I left them for you. All the other stuff is clear. So, I mean, that, that gives you a head start on your day. When you get those extra hours in the morning where you don't have to clear out your inbox, those are really productive hours. That's that's amazing. I mean, that's that's probably my next one, to be quite honest, Nate, uh, is, is really get, get someone through my email because I get I get blasted by email, man, even even people marketing like guests and whatnot. And, and, and I love to hear from everyone personally, but now I have processes in place to, to really vet out like the conversations we're going to have. I want to make sure I'm always providing value, but I, I feel like I don't need to be emailing these people back anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm happy to hook you up. If you ever have a next hire and you want to give pre up a shot, I can introduce you some good email people, but it, it, it is a process. I mean, I create I created a list of every single type of person that contacts me, what the most common situations are, what the canned responses that go with each situation are, teach them how to customize it, how to add the, the fluff at the beginning and the end of each email, um, but then also figure out, hey, these are the emails that you don't touch. These are the ones that you leave for me. This is how you know it needs to get escalated. And you maybe you get them to do 70% of your email and then every week you teach them another few different emails or, or some situations that you maybe didn't think of when you created that initial outline and you build it up from there. And within a few weeks, within a month, you can have someone handling 80% more of your inbox. 
No, for sure. I mean, this sounds like a conversation, Nate, that you and I should have again in the near future. Like, I mean, I'll post it out to the to my community, see if it's really, really useful, and and ask people how we how we do that together. But if you are just tuning in, um, I have Nate, CEO of Free Up. Uh, we're discussing how to outsource and and you know the pros and cons of outsourcing and hiring in-house um, if you have any questions feel free to add us and uh, ask us now i mean if you are listening to the recorded version yeah we will share this episode and how to get a hold of myself or post us questions uh, as well um i know we're we're slowly not even slowly we're quickly running out of time because this is something i'm passionate about Nate, as well but i'd love if you have any any like personal stories or personal success or failures with outsourcing that you'd love to share that someone out there would really learn or benefit from hearing it <laughs> um how about a failure story does that work i love it i love failures <laughs> <laughs> so back when i was running this e-commerce business and connor and i were cruising along we had this idea to help us focus on the on the big picture on scaling the thing we would hire a manager of the day to handle all the day-to-day -day operations and it would let us sleep better at night be less stressed focus on the big picture so we hired someone and we taught him how to do listing orders customer service every single part of the business and we trained him for six months and by the time he was done he was a rock star. He was crushing it. Well, on the other side of the business, we did the same thing with the manufacturer. We had one manufacturer that we were really, really good at selling their products. And we focused all our time into that one. And we had some side ones. We didn't really focus on them. So we get the business set up in a good place. It's profitable. The systems are running. It's running without us. We can focus just on expansion. And let's take a vacation to go celebrate that. So we book a vacation to Myrtle Beach. And yep. on the first day of that vacation, we get a call from three people. One, the manager of the day telling us that he was quitting on us and no longer could work for us. Two, the manufacturer telling us he was going to drop us and didn't want to do business with us anymore. And three, just to top it off, a, a phone call from my accountant saying that someone had stolen my tax return or stolen my identity and filed a fake tax return in my name. And I had a big mess to deal with when I got home. Oh, my God. So yeah, I go, go from the, the top of being a young entrepreneur with success to let's start all over again. And I mean, I learned so much and I'm so happy that it happened in year one and two and not in year four, five, six, right? Mm -hmm. All lesson, all about diversification and departmentalizing your hiring and diversifying your suppliers and your revenue streams and all that stuff. And when I got back to work, we built up the business to not only be bigger, but to be more protected because it wouldn't be the last person that quit on me. It wouldn't be the last manufacturer that dropped me. But the next time it happened, it wasn't as big of a deal. Wow. That's just, I mean, you, I, I, I like, I don't even know where to go with that, but I'm almost thinking like, what did you do when you're at Myrtle beach at that? When you heard that, like literally, what did you do? I was in shock. I, I don't think I did anything. It, it kind of just ruined the vacation. I, I'm sure I, I, we had a few drinks and talked about it and, we kind of went into problem solving work mode, but um, yeah, it wasn't a fun vacation. Oh my God. I can't even imagine that happening. And like, you can't even enjoy yourself because now you're just thinking, not only am I, you know, <laughs> everything hit the fan, but also like your identity is gone and <laughs> you're like, wow, that's, well, thank you for sharing that, Nate. That, that really puts it like, you know, having that experience, like, is there any learnings or is there anything you would have done differently had that if this was to come up again? Are you here of a young entrepreneur going some, through something like that? It's like about to celebrate a key milestone. 
Yeah, I mean, one thing that it taught me is I never get too high or too low anymore. I mean, I've gone through enough where I know that if things are not going well, we need to problem solve and turn it around. And if things are going great, I mean, there's no time to celebrate. We need to keep moving forward. A new competitor, a, a system change, anything could happen to knock you down a peg. So we focus on what we can control. We're always looking for different opportunities, different threats, and 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 staying very even keeled as an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, if you're just joining us now, what we're talking about is is hiring, uh, outsourcing, um, bringing people in house. And Nate had just shared. I mean, it was a nightmare story, really, in terms of outsourcing and building up and scaling up. But uh, definitely, if you're hearing this on the recorded version, love to hear your thoughts on that. But before we end, Nate, I know I'm just trying to be cognizant of your time um, as well. I know you're super busy. Um, do you have any final tips for the business leaders? You know, either they're entrepreneurs or they're executives, and they're looking to free up their time. And anything that you could leave with us today? <laughs> um, in terms of tips really focus on setting expectations when you make a hire. This is the part where everyone messes up. They get, they interview someone, they throw them to the wolves and they don't take the extra time to say, Hey, this is a good, this is the bad. This is what the milestones are, the due dates. This is how we communicate. These are the big don'ts. Spend that extra time at the beginning, making sure your, your expectations are on the same page in writing. And that'll save you countless hours and hassle down the line. That's amazing, Nate. Can you share us where we could find more information about you, FreeUp, or or anything else you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so if you go to FreeUp.com with three E's, my calendar is right at the top. If you ever want to book a meeting with me, um, talk about your business and how FreeUp can help. If you create a, a client account to hire, mention this podcast, get a, or mention this live stream, get a $25 credit um, to, to try us out. And check out the FreeUp YouTube channel, the FreeUp blog for a lot of great hiring content. Nate, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. I'm really going to, we need to really connect on this. This is really important personally. And people, whatever stage they are in their business or in their career is really like the dream is clear up your time, get rid of those tasks, right? But thank you again for taking the time to co-host the Business Leadership Podcast live today. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Business Leadership Podcast Live. It's an almost daily show. We go live. We stream live with a, a new co-host every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This call was brought to you by Dialogue. So if you like discussions and debate, host your own call and talk show host over social media. And if you have not done so yet, please check out the Business Leadership Podcast where I sit down, uh, do exclusive interviews with business leaders, entrepreneurs to discuss their personal journey and experience in leadership. New episode drops every Tuesday. You could Catch that episode, uh, that podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to podcasts today. But that's a wrap. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Be productive. The week is almost done. Edwin signing off.